And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Wizards aren't just in the play-in tournament. They are apparently the eighth place team. They're not the eighth seed. Everybody says the Wizards got the eighth seed. They didn't get the eighth seed. They got eighth place. They are playing, actually, for the seventh seed. And on this podcast, where we talk about semantics and only semantics... We're 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 gonna make an exception, and we're gonna talk about the Wizards as well. And on the Skype line is my uh, my good friend and my fierce competitor from the Washington Post, Ava Wallace. Fierce friend and good competitor, also. That's true. You could reverse them quite easily. Semantics. Uh, <laughs> what what a stupid way to get to eighth place. <laughs> And the exact way that this team should, like if you told me the Wizards are going to get to eighth eighth place, Mm -hmm. even just coming into the day, I'd be like, yeah, it's going to be, I don't know how it's going to happen. They're not just going to have a clean win where they outplay Charlotte the whole way and they win by 12, but it was definitive or they blow them out or whatever it is. It's, it's gotta be with Bradley Beal looking like there's no way that dude should be on the court Ooh. at all. This looks like yeah. malpractice. There's no way he should be on the court. And then he goes for 13 in the fourth quarter. And mm-hmm. them falling down big and Ish Smith and Robin Lopez hook shots keeping them in the game. And then after Charlotte is hot as hell from three for the first half, they just totally fall off and start missing open threes in the fourth. What, what a ridiculous and yet poetic way for them to get to eighth right my favorite quote from a post game that was actually pretty pretty good because we got ish smith and we got robin lopez just two excellent quotes always but was when scott brooks said he was talking about what a you know how proud he is of his team these guys we stuck together he's like i mean don't get me wrong i don't want to do this season again and i was like can i swear i was like obviously you like yeah of course but it was just like he was so right when he said the game mimicked their season where it was just up and downs and craziness and a bunch of 32 year olds out there just getting things done. You know? Yeah. Ish Smith. Ish Smith picked a really good time to have the, oh my gosh. the best game of his season. Yeah. I mean, that was um, that was fabulous to see. And also not at all, really not at all surprising, given the relative inexperience of the team no it wasn't and it was really interesting made a lot of sense. i mean it was interesting to see how brooks maneuvered rotations too because yeah. this this kind of felt like a playoff game even though it mm-hmm. wasn't a playoff game we're recording on sunday night by the way not all the games are done for the day but i think this is going to go up on monday morning but everything that we need to know wizards wise is now done the wizards are in eighth they're going to play the Celtics on Tuesday night. Probably should have led with that in case people miss that. Games at 9 o'clock on TNT on Tuesday. Then the Pacers are, eight, are ninth, and the Hornets have dropped to 10th. And the way it works is if the Wizards win on Tuesday, 
or I should say whoever wins on Tuesday between the Celtics and the Wizards, that team gets the number seven seed. The loser of that game plays the winner of Pacers Hornets. And then the winner of that game gets the gets the eighth seed. Uh, so the Wizards, the reason getting the eighth is so big is because they now are in a double elimination situation where they can actually lose on Tuesday and they still have a chance at the eighth seed if they win the game on Thursday. And that game would be at home if it got to that point. So they're they're in pretty good spot and and getting the eighth mattered and and this almost felt like a playoff game where just kind of crazy stuff was going down. I didn't think in spite of another triple double that Russ played particularly well. Beal looked totally hobbled. I mean the whole first yeah. half I'm thinking like I couldn't believe he was playing to be honest. I mean, right? I was yeah. just like I can't believe they're not pulling him. It was it's so funny. And one thing I want to say first about how you said it felt like a playoff game. This was also the first game. So I've been going to home games all season. This was the first one that actually felt like it had like a proper atmosphere. And part of it was they 100 percent turned the crowd noise background music or whatever up like to like ear splitting levels. The weird thing about going to arenas that are kind of empty is that they just play the sound system at like kind of the same volume. And you're like, I can't hear myself think Um, this was at like ridiculous levels but it was also definitely the most engaged i have seen a crowd at a game uh since fans were allowed back for sure and capital one arena is up to 25 percent now so like 5,000 ish fans um and it felt it felt the atmosphere it felt like a game that mattered it was really it was really fun again and it was it was just so like that they came out in the last game uh, the last song during warm-ups like the entire team just started dancing and like jumping up and down and the crowd was super into it. And then like five minutes later, Bradley Beal is like grimacing at mid court, trying to get back on defense. And I'm like, Oh my God, what's happening here? He was grimacing and holding his really looks to be in pain, holding his hamstring. He was limping the whole game. Whatever they gave him at halftime. Just let me know. (laughs) Yeah. Just let me know where I can get that. At the very least, it's probably fun. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, Brad Brad can't feel anything below his waist right now. <laughs> Whatever they gave him. No, I know. It's he just he looked like he couldn't move. He was especially struggling running back in transition in either direction. It's not like he I'm not whether it was on offense, whether it was on defense, it just looked like straight line stuff was really bothering him. He didn't have lift. He was short on his jumpers. And then he started hitting shots. He had that he had that finish in transition where I don't know. I feel like I feel like people are so thirsty for highlights on the internet. They're like that that play where Rozier fell down and Brad finished with that very nice finish yeah. at the rim. People are like, oh Beal totally shook Rozier. It's like, nah, Rozier fell down, man. Stop <laughs> stop attributing I mean, this to him getting crossed over. But it was wild because in the first half, it, you mentioned not being able to get back on transition. I mean, I was watching him play up there being like, okay, what are we doing? Like, you're not helping your team this way by doing this. And then in the second half, he absolutely shut me up for sure. Yeah, I wonder how him playing in this game affects Tuesday. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to think that because he played on Sunday, you have to think that he's going to play on Tuesday because – there's just absolutely. that would in mean Boston, that he was absolutely. in worse condition on Tuesday than he is on Sunday, which would imply at least some sort of reaggravation or worsening 
by by him playing on Sunday. So you would have to think if he's playing in the regular season game, then he's playing in the play-in game, right? Um, yeah. But who knows what condition he's going to be in, you know? Well, and especially since it's not like after the play-in. And after, by the way, they have had – so they had one week in, – in the weeks leading up to this, they had – at least four games every week. And there was one week in there where they had five games. The playoffs start on the 22nd. It's not like they have some week long break to like recalibrate and scout and get rested up. Like if you're not feeling well right now, you're probably not going to be feeling well in a week when the playoffs begin either. If you make it there. Yeah, for sure. And look, so there are a lot of things to consider and I'm, I'm glad that everyone involved uh, made it clear that this was not a Scott Brooks decision, that this was a Bradley Beal and medical staff decision because the mentions were getting hot. Oh, my God. The mentions are always hot. That's why I don't check the mentions. I love just sitting there scrolling through the mentions. <laughs> oh, my God. I hate it so much. Uh, that That's why, to me, I think getting the seven seed is so important. Like that to me mm-hmm. is the number one reason the seven seed is so important. It's not because you mm-hmm. get seven instead of eight, because ultimately it's like okay, so you don't have to play Philly. Congrats! Now you're playing Brooklyn, horrifying Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Which, by the way, it would be Russell Westbrook Ooh. versus Kevin Durant in a playoff series, which would be kind of awesome. Uh, Tasty, but it's not exactly like getting the seven seed as some sort of reward because you have to, you get to play the two instead of playing the one you know i yeah. i think you can make a legitimate argument that the wizards match up better against even a fully healthy brooklyn than they do against mm-hmm. philly because joel Embiid is absolutely I think so. horrifying yeah i think you can make that argument but that being said the number one advantage is if you win tuesday you don't have to play wednesday thursday friday right and that the wizards could use that i mean they haven't had consecutive off days between games in like how how long has it been Two months? Um, it's been a really long time. Yeah, not in May. Yeah, I think it's been two months. Didn't happen in April yeah. either. So it's been at least yeah. a month and a half. Are you are you on the um, in favor of this thing that's going around where if you get the if you lock in the one seed you should get to choose who you play in the plane? Yeah, that's the Zach Lowe thing. Like if they oh is that only him? Is he the only one championing that? I mean, I I don't think he's the only one. Zach he's uh, just the originator. He's at least the popularizer. Zach, Zach sets the tone. Zach is, you know, Zach, Zach's the guy who we all we all strive to get to. Uh, we we podcasters is that what you're talking about? We 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 wizards reporters. Oh gosh, gotcha. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. just us. That's yeah, yeah. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. Guys in Memphis. Are no, like, you know, absolutely Zach, not. Zach sets the national conversation. So when Zach lays yeah. out an opinion, it becomes a talking point. Um, well, I I love that because I love chaos and i think you should get to pick you should get to pick whoever you want that would be really fun i just love the drama of putting a team in a situation where they have to choose like it has the same vibe exactly that's what I, yeah yeah it has the same vibes to me as when they used to say oh you know what you should just have like the two guys who get the most all-star votes just draft mm-hmm. the all-star teams <laughs> instead of doing conferences yeah. how fun would that be and then everybody said no you can't do that lebron james would never want to sit there and pick guys because then he's gonna demean guys picking somebody on last on national television nobody's gonna want to do that well they do that now so they do do that now. so i think it's plausible the league could get to that one day but uh i don't know Teams teams don't want to have to deal with the public backlash for now of being like, 
all right, this is because whenever you ask a team, anybody from any team publicly, right? Like, would you rather play so-and-so or so-and-so? They, I've never heard that question actually answered on the, on the record. Right. And picking a team would be the first instance, probably in NBA history, of a team publicly saying, yeah, yeah, we'd rather play that one. And I'm sorry, but how much drama would come out of that just from the fact of like, how that if I were the team that got picked, oh my, I would, that there is no greater motivation on earth for wanting to absolutely demolish the team that picked me. Right. I mean, it, like that would be so fantastic. Yeah. It would be the definition Imagine of nobody like believes in us. Portland and Damian Lillard's he- head actually just rolls off of his body because he can't handle how energized he feels by that slight. Like, come on. That's what I want to see. I mean, imagine how Russell Westbrook would handle that. By running through a brick wall (laughs) and dying and being like, I'm playing anyways. (laughs) Just playing as a corpse. Right. Yeah. Weekend at Bernie style. Absolutely. (laughs) Then as well, when I die, prop me up on the sideline. (laughs) What? What do you think of uh, how the Wizards match up with Boston? Um, I think that they have a good chance here. <laughs> I really do, um, especially with all the weirdness Boston has been going through for the past oh, second half of the season, I would say. Um, but, I mean, they've just had a miserable four-game stretch that – absolutely cost them the chance to to skip the play in tournament so it's not like they're coming in uh firing on on all cylinders but you know they rested all their guys today but uh, i still think they match up well this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive nba prizes and experiences like official gear courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they match up quite well, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston is playing really poorly right now. They just closed the season, what, losing five out of six and six out of eight. And they were what? They were 32 and 27. So they finished up uh, like four and nine or something like that to close the year. I mean, they they really, really, really struggled down the stretch. They don't have Jalen Brown, who had a great year and Mm -hmm. I think has an argument to be on the most improved player ballot. He just kind of. He just kind of improved at everything. He's a much better passer when he first came in the league and then he was last year. He's got a much better handle. He's he's a really he's really become a really versatile scorer. He just had such a great year for them and obviously he's an extremely valuable defender for them and th- their defense really fell off this year. Like last year they were they were fifth in points allowed per possession last year and they fall into the middle of the pack this year and part of that was because Marcus Smart was hurt for a little bit. But but if you look at the on-offs with Smart, it's not like when Smart is on the floor, they play this staunch, elite right. defense. Uh, they 
they've got holes and Tatum hasn't necessarily been the same, even though he can go off for 50 on every, any given night. I think Boston is, I think they're vulnerable. I mean, Kemba Walker has been up and down and, and, you know, he's, he's either not a hundred percent or close to a hundred percent or at 80% or at 90%, depending on the night. I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be interesting. Also, like Boston well, doesn't really have elite rim protection. Robert Williams right. can jump and can block shots, but you can get by him. And the way the Wizards score is by getting to the paint. And depending on how Beal feels or whatever the hell they shoot into him that night, uh, you know, he likes to score around the rim. Obviously, Westbrook likes to get to the rim. That's how they create the threes that they create, even though they aren't a very good three-point shooting team. I, I think the Wizards have... I think they match up pretty okay with Boston, to be honest. It's it's an interesting matchup from a storyline perspective also because I feel like the Celtics are where the Wizards were three months ago, where it's like they're the things that they're doing, yes, they have a ton of holes in their lineup and inconsistency is a big problem, but they're having it, it, watching them play, it just looks like they check out sometimes. Like It looks like there's a lot of mental lapses going on and, and kind of – turning a a flipping on and off of the effort during some stretches where it's just like, you're just like, this team looks discombobulated and like worse, like it's not really trying or doesn't really care. And that's where the wizards were. I mean, for many different reasons in like February ish. And so they're streaking. Whereas like, okay, if you're Boston, do you view this play in tournament as a second chance as a thing to say like, okay, now we can lock in. This is really motivating us. Can you turn it on at this point in the year after a really long, really grueling season? Or is it better to have that momentum coming in? I would say it's better to have the momentum coming in. I think it's harder to turn it on at this time of year, um, especially when it's like, oh, you're telling me this isn't even the real playoffs yet. (laughs) Like, uh, but but I think those two things in terms of a what was this team supposed to be and when were they supposed to be it point of view. Like the Wizards are now what they were supposed to be. Celtics are definitely still waiting to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very good point. Boston has just been so they've been really, Blah. really inconsistent this year. They just come out mm-hmm. and they'll lay duds like, man, that that loss to Oklahoma City. Two weeks yeah. ago was like when Oklahoma City was like, why did you like we were trying to lose this game? <laughs> like, no, I know. So teams teams, by the way, are are shooting 65 percent at the rim against Boston this year. That's 20. Whoa. That is 22nd in the NBA. Yeah, was, uh... it, it, it bodes OK for the Wizards. I mean, Beal can get there. Gafford can get there. Like Gafford to me, that's that's the X factor, and Boston's X factor. Oh yeah, it's like the X factors are kind of the the big men who can jump out of the gym. If Robert Williams comes out, plays really well, or something, or Gafford comes out, plays really well, you know, we're talking about a we're talking about a different a different team on both sides. But but like Gafford is it's going to be huge with how how Gafford plays, and it's going to be huge uh, how much. Gafford plays. It looked like Scott mm-hmm. Brooks wanted to play him more in mm-hmm. the Charlotte game. He came in way earlier than he normally does. He was pacing for way more minutes. I let's see, I have the box score up. How he started the second half today? Yeah, starts the second half. He finishes with 16 minutes, but that's because Robin Lopez 
ended up just destroying, and it was clearly the right decision to continue playing Lopez. Lopez finished a plus 21 in 27 minutes, and he went 9 for 11 from the field and was hitting Yeesh. you know, every freaking hook shot. It was clearly the right decision to play Lopez. Um, but Gafford is, is huge for them, I think. It's just going to be so big. Um, have you ever covered a team? I loved your question to Scott Brooks the other night when you were like, where did you pull out the lineup? That was, what was it? It was Russ Bertans, Rui, Lopez, and who else? What other Anthony forward? Gill. Gill. Yeah. And you were like, where'd you get that from? And he literally was like, I've been doing this all year, <laughs> just thinking outside of the box. And I was just like, uh-huh. Um, have you ever covered a team that's had its rotations and, you know, its lineups because of injuries as unsettled as the Wizards do heading into the postseason? Oh, man. No, because I feel like I feel like there could be like it's not like crazy, but it is just so weird how how they just pull stuff out of their butts sometimes. And a lot of the time it works. Way to say butts. I don't know if I can swear. You can say whatever you want. Is this a family podcast? I try to keep it a family podcast, but it does feel weird saying butts. Fred Butts. That's your name. (laughs) Okay, so who? Let's 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 do this. Let's let's try to figure this out. This is totally no. raw podcasting right now. Um, Ew. Who? <laughs> who? I don't know why that was a that was a gross adjective to use. Yeah, um, it really was. But you know what? That's that's how raw it is. Ew. Who? <laughs> who are the guys who you throw in your rotation during the Boston game? Oh, you go first. <laughs> if I'm Scott Brooks, I'm closing my eyes, spinning around and picking somebody off the bench and throwing <laughs> okay, it in there. Okay, right? so so assuming Beal is healthy. Beal No, you know you know who it is? It's assuming Neto is healthy. Yeah. That's who you that's who you want playing alongside in that little little guards lineup situation. Um I mean that's that's the guy you want. They missed Neto today a lot as a he's a he's a steadying factor. Neto, you know, they talk a lot about Daniel Gafford. Um, papering over mistakes because of he can just catch the ball and, and just kind of slam it down. Halameto does that a lot too, just because he's kind of steady. He's always there. He'll chase the ball down if you kind of chuck it away. Like he, he does a lot for this team. Totally. And you could see it in the rotations during the Charlotte game. Like he's just, he's just reliable. You know, he's just in the right yeah. place. He makes steady the right Eddie. play. Yeah. Totally. You're totally right. Let's assume because Neto was questionable. He ended up being a game time decision going into Charlotte. He didn't play for the sake of argument. Let's say Neto is is playing. I would assume they're going to start the lineup that they've been going with. I would assume they're going to start Westbrook, Beal. Now I don't have inside information on this. I'm just guessing. Uh, but I would assume they have Westbrook. They go Westbrook, Beal, Neto, Hachimura and Len. That would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are yeah. five guys. I Those are five guys. If that's what we're guessing, I mean, I feel like they're still going to play three centers, right? Absolutely, because because you can't – I mean, Scott Brooks often says this in relation to Daniel Gafford, who um, he says he has a problem where he, he senses when Gafford gets fatigued. Um, we already know that he doesn't like playing Robin Lopez and Robin Lopez doesn't seem to like playing for super, super extended minutes. Um, but I think it's, I really think it's Alex Len that is the center that's, and that's not going to really surprise anybody who watches Wizards games, who is best used in small doses in really 
specific situations. And I think there is a place for him against Boston. They could use his size. They could use his physicality. Um, but, yeah, there's no reason to, to kind of stick with, with one or two, especially when I think Scott Brooks is operating this season, especially with starting lineups, of which they have had 29 different ones this year, by the way. Um, or at least it was 29 going into tonight. Um, I think you like starting off with him. If it's not, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Geez, 29 starting lineups is a lot. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah. All right. So we got the five starters. You got the three centers. That brings you to seven guys. You have Ish Smith in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garrison Matthews is totally situational. You uh, you cannot predict how much he should be used, nor can you predict how much Scott Brooks will actually use him because he waited a long time to put him in tonight. And you got Bertans. Mm-hmm. So that's your 10. That means you have Hutchison out. Now, if I'm doing it for what it's worth, and I've been, I've gone on rants about Gafford on the podcast. I mean, I would have been starting Gafford well, to see what you have instead of experimenting come the playoffs. I would have been starting Gafford five games ago to see what you have, see if he can start and then come to a point where maybe you could just go Gafford and Lopez in a playoff game and cut it down to nine. Uh, I mean, I don't know for sure if Garrison Matthews is going to play. He didn't play in the first half today. Right. That's what I'm saying. He's the, he's the one where... Yeah, you're not you're not going in with a set plan about Gar- Garrison Matthews. I think when Neto doesn't play, they need Matthews. Mm-hmm. They just need the shooting. They mm-hmm. just don't have the three point shooting. They don't have an abundance of three point shooting. I mean, they have Neto, Matthews, and Bertans are the only three guys who have a three point percentage or who finish the year now with a three points percentage above league average. Now I know we've asked. Scott Brooks about this, and you'll have to remind me what he says because I know we have both us specifically have asked. But what does Scott Brooks like about Chandler Hutchison in these situations? When he started him the other night, um, he said he, they needed a little bit of length against Sexton, and they liked his size, and that made sense. They liked his range. Tonight, he's coming in. He's coming off the bench for Beal well before Garrison Matthews. What do you think Scott sees in that situation? 
God, that's a good question. You should be a journalist. Yeah, it's one we should have asked, but you know we, we should have we should have asked that post game. That <laughs> hey, there's practice tomorrow. They're, oh, they're practicing for the first time in years tomorrow. Yeah, well, I don't think they're probably practicing, but they're talking to us. At least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think tomorrow is going to be a real practice. Yeah. I think they're probably going to come in, get some shots up, look at some film, and that's going to be it. They haven't had a real practice in months. But that's something I am really interested in, um, why Hutchison is getting the the call up and, and what Brooks likes about him and how he thinks he, he fits in well, because we are seeing definitely more and more of him. Um, and they've got pieces to play around with, too. You know, They told us on Friday that Scott Brooks thought Anthony Gill was trash at the beginning of the year, but started playing him a little bit more, and lo and behold, he can actually really contribute when the time comes down to it. So maybe that we're just seeing kind of another one of that. What an incredible quote. Yeah, I mean, I think Scott sees Hutchison and sees a guy who's long and athletic and can kind of stay in front of guys. And he's kind of the prototype of a wing defender who can stay in front of guys and a slasher. But but the problem is he he doesn't really finish. He Mm -hmm. misses a lot of shots around the rim. He can get to the rim, but he doesn't really finish at the rim. And he doesn't always stay in front of guys. I mean, he was a minus 21 today in 10 minutes. I Speaking of staying in front of guys, there were some defensive plays that Anthony Gill had tonight that I was just like, oh, man, I'm back covering this guy at Virginia. <laughs> pack, line, pack line defense, baby. He's so stout. Yeah. He gets really low. He's a really good defender. He's like an unsung good defender. Well, at least individually, I'll say. He's, he's had some moments this year. Mm-hmm. He's had some moments where he comes in. You're like, oh right, this guy. <laughs> oh yeah, him. that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Le- ready to take? Uh, here, here's a segment we have on the Don't podcast. Don't ask me to predict anything. No, it's a segment we have on the podcast. Okay. It's called uh, taking Twitter questions from people on Twitter and answering them on the podcast. Mm. It's the name. Uh, oh, it's catchy. Yes, this one is from Agent Zero Burner. So nice. Gilbert Arenas himself. Well, hmm. Okay. So, can you do an alias and then call it a burner? That seems kind of silly, right? Well, that's exactly what he wants you to think. Gotcha. So, who should be responsible for the bulk of defensive duty on Tatum on Tuesday night? Is Rui fast enough to stay with him? Oof. Oof. Um, there was a point in the season where I might have said yes. Um, Rui has taken a little uh, stagnation here. And I was actually, I wanted to ask you about him. How do they, how good do they need Rui Hachimura wait, to be? Hey, wait, can I, can, can I make? ask you something? Are you, I mean, it's your podcast. Are you filing your nails? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I am pulling apart the threads on a pillow though. Should I stop doing that? <laughs> you, it's weird that you can hear that. Cause I'm wearing my headphones and I can't hear anything, but your voice, I'm sorry. We're leaving this in. This okay. is, I'm, I like always have to be fiddling with something. This is the beauty of podcasting from the living room. We're leaving it I'm in. I'm sorry. I feel bad your podcast is going to sound like shit. No, well, the podcast already so. sounds like shit. You can say <laughs> shit, but you got to say but. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Continue. You know, are, Let's talk Tatum. Words, okay. Well, I was just going to say the words. I think the swear words that I'm allowed to leave in the newspaper are ass and damn. And I think everything else has to be censored. But I don't know why ass gets to stay in. Yeah, ass seems like it's. It seems pretty. It seems way worse than like shit, right? I don't know. Anyway, they get mad at me. Um, well, and I know that because of how many times Bradley Beal says they played like ass. 
throughout this year. I'm like, oh, this goes in the paper now. Um, Tatum, who who should get it, who they want to put on, who they want to be able to put on Tatum is probably a Rui. Who might actually do it? I mean, could Russ end up doing that? I think it's going to be Brad. Can can Brad move backwards right now? <laughs> I'm serious. That's a serious question. It's a great like, question. Can he defend somebody right it's now? A great question. Like I don't know the answer, but I don't. I don't think the. I mean, after watching him today, how could you possibly say the answer was yes in 48 hours? Yeah, I mean that's a great point. Brad Brad and Tatum historically are just so obsessed with guarding each other every time the Celtics and Wizards play each other that I kind of my go to answer to that question is 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 Brad, but you're, you're right. I mean, I mean, I believe he would want to, but it's going to go, I, I can't imagine how it wouldn't go badly unless he, I mean, if this guy heals from what we saw tonight in 48 hours, that's awesome. Um, but I would also be just like, so taken aback. No, it's a, it's a good point. I, I think if you get away from Brad and, and of course, in reality, you got to try to throw multiple guys at Tatum and make them uncomfortable. Yeah. In reality, I mean, Rui is is the guy you would hope would be able to make a difference. And Tatum is such a great scorer. He's such a great shooter. He's such a great finisher now. He gets to the line. He hits his threes. He's just a great player that if he's on, he's on. And there's not much that Rui or an all-defense guy can necessarily do when he's really on one. But Rui yeah. has had his moments this year where his strength, unquestionably, is defending bigger wings, on the ball. No question. Mm-hmm. And he's had moments where he's a little more handsy. He's a little more feisty. I thought he actually had some good one-on-one defensive moments in the in the Hornets game. He's good at, at face guarding guys now. He'll really annoyingly yes. put his right hand in the in the yes. in the in the face of righties. Right up there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's he's he's gotten a little more he's just gotten a little more pesky he was so standoffish when he first came into the league and he's he's still like that in terms of his personality but he's just gotten a little better and i i think the guy is is Rui. i i do i mean i also think that part of the reason that gafford is going to be so big for them in the boston game is because of his defensive mobility when tatum mm-hmm. goes around like a pick and roll it's going to be really valuable to be able to have a quick center who if your guy doesn't get through the screen because Rui's more comfortable, really, guarding the back end of a screen than the front end. Uh, you know, if your guy doesn't get through a screen, it's nice to be able to have a mobile big who can recover better, maybe get a closeout on a guy who might want to pull up for three or something like that, like Tatum, who is an unbelievable pull-out three-point shooter. So there are a lot of complications. He's a great player. They've actually defended him pretty well. I imagine if Brad is any percentage well enough to where he's feeling, okay, I'm competitive and I'm going to go, I mm-hmm. feel like he's probably going to be like, I'm competitive, I'm going to go, and I'm going to guard Yeah, Tatum. he's going to call his man. You know, but, but we'll see. Um, that's, I mean, that's another argument also for why Brooks plays three centers is um, Gafford is a mobile big, and he does have some of those good moments. He also gets into foul trouble really quickly sometimes, mm-hmm. and so I think they'll want to have those fouls to burn. Yeah, that's a good point. That's very true. And Len, Len is kind of the in-between guy in terms of mobility. Like, you don't want Lopez straight from the rim. Lopez had some... No, it makes me uncomfortable to watch him run. And that's not an insult. That's just a fact. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather watch watch him run or watch him put on a headband? I mean, I see it. But no, I, I would rather watch him put on a head. Like, 
I'm just saying when I when I watch Robin Lopez run, I'm like he looks on. Unco- I'm like he doesn't want to be doing this either. <laughs> it's not natural. It's not a natural movement for him either. <laughs> like. I, I really don't mean to sound mean, but I'm just like, doesn't your whole body hurt when you're that tall? <laughs> All right. Uh, before we wrap. Uh, oh, and on that note. You got anything to plug? You got anything on. coming out? You wrote a great piece on Russ last week. Um, wow. You got anything else? Um, I have. will have a story on this team's chemistry and, and how they've been kind of chugging along on the chemistry front since COVID reactions COVID reactions, COVID restrictions relaxed and they actually started to get to know each other. That's what I'm writing about. Cool. Check that out. Uh, I wrote a story last week. I haven't podcasted since up on the athletic. Uh, You haven't podcasted in a week. I haven't podcasted in like five days. Whoa. Withdrawal. I know it's a big deal. Uh, But I wrote a big story about Russell Westbrook that came out on Thursday, a couple few days after he broke the all time triple double record. I worked for a very long time on that story and it was a normal amount of time. <laughs> lost, lost an incredible amount of sleep. Uh, he slept fine. I slept fine, but not often, uh, <laughs> over about three weeks working on that story and trying to gather as many anecdotes as I could kind of talking about his competitive streak and, and sharing as many anecdotes as I could find about him just being kind of a maniacal competitor and ridiculously prepared and uh, I'll tell you what. So I, I tried so hard to get Kendrick Perkins to talk for that story. And mm-hmm. I, I don't have a personal relationship with Kendrick Perkins. So he has. Mm-hmm. Absol- he doesn't seem like you'd get along well. He seems like a great guy. Everybody loves Kendrick mm-hmm. Perkins. I've never heard anybody. Scott Brooks loves him. Oh, my God. I've never heard anybody say a bad word about him. Everybody says he's the best. So I was like, I would love to talk to him. He speaks so glowingly about Russ and he's such a charismatic dude. I thought he'd be great. He never returned any of my calls and I tweeted out the story and I guess it got retweeted onto his timeline and like two weeks or two hours after I tweet out the story, Kendrick Perkins responds with a gif of like a guy being excited to read it. And I was like, oh my God, I could have just tweeted at you. Where were you weeks <laughs> exactly. ago, Kendrick Perkins? Where were you not picking up my incessant calls, but then you, you gotta, respond to my You got to call into the jump. Yeah. <laughs> Did they take live calls? I don't think so. Anyway, check out that story. We're running a deal right now. If you're not an athletic subscriber, all you got to do, it's my pinned tweet. So you don't even have to be on Twitter. Just go to my Twitter page and you'll see it's the top tweet on my page. It's a story about Russell Westbrook. If you click on that, we are doing a deal right now at The Athletic. You can get uh, you can sign up for one dollar a month. And I don't know how long the deal is going for. So if you're interested in all in doing it, I would take care of it. All you got to do is go to my Twitter page and you can see the article just pinned right there at the top with the tweet. Just click on that link and you'll see there's a $1 a month offer and you can check that out and you can sign up right there. And that gets you a full subscription to The Athletic for $1 a month. I mean, you're not we're not going to do a 50 cent a month deal ever. This is going to be the best one we're going to do. So check that out and gets you a full subscription to The Athletic, not just my work, but everything that you possibly need to get. So, so check that out again. It's $1 a month. Uh, I am going to be doing post game shows starting in the playoffs. So, oh boy. so I'm, I'm, I'm losing sleep like crazy. I'm going to be as Ava would say, working my butt off and, uh, I'll be back with a new episode after that, uh, after that playing game against Boston, no matter the results, I'll talk to you guys then.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.